Um, just a quick content warning. This is going to be a podcast about body image, eating disorders, um, just food relationships in general. So if you are uncomfortable uh, with those topics or they make you feel some sort of way, maybe skip this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> It feels so cheesy to just be like, welcome back to the Who's Mad Podcast. We're back. This is episode <laughs> five. Five. We've taken a bit of a hiatus in between. Forgive us. Yeah, it was holidays and then just like seasonal depression and then like <laughs> government coup yeah you know like it's just Civil doesn't War. feel right to like record a podcast and talk about uh city girls when you know there's people invading the capital of the yep. united states so also we be in bed yeah we I be mean... we be sleeping and shit <laughs> we also be hungover yeah that too i'm here this is justine this is taylor and Justine, do you want to introduce our guest? Yes, we have a fabulous guest with us today. She is a cool girl, a cool glasses girl, as I explained on my Instagram story. I wanted to say cool glasses girl TM, but the TM emoji wouldn't show up. Oh no. <laughs> and uh, she's awesome. She's funny, loves to have a good time. And the reason why we have her on this specific episode is because she is super awesome about having an open dialogue when it comes to, like, food and eating disorders and body image and things like that. She has some dedicated social media accounts to that topic, and it's really important to me and Taylor as well. So having someone that is with the shits on this topic and super open about it, it's good to have you here. I'm stoked. Thanks. Did you even say her name? (laughs) Katie Mikowski. No, let's leave it a mystery. Yeah. We have to figure it out. We won't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. I, no, I'm actually, I'm really excited to be here. I have never um, done something public talking about this kind of stuff that wasn't like on a social media account. So I'm really excited. Neither have we, I guess. Not really. No, I feel like I've definitely had like, I mean, besides like sharing shit on my Instagram story, mm-hmm. like I don't. I mean, but we, okay, I don't talk about it a lot on the internet, but we talk about it like we beat the horse to death amongst our friend group. Yes. Same. But, yeah, like, sure. in a good way. <laughs> yeah. It's very nice. Uh, we have, like, a very open group of girls that we hang out with, and most of us have struggled with, like, either eating disorders or body image or disordered eating, whatever. It's weird to go outside of the circle, like, go home to my mom and dad mostly my mom (laughs) yeah and then be like oh my god people still fucking talk like this this is just like square one bullshit and yeah yeah i thought of the same thing earlier obviously you can interject whatever we don't we're not gonna like okay swing it over to you (laughs) so just whatever we're just having a chat but i actually was having that same thought like tonight thinking about how i can come as far as i've came and i can be as comfortable as i am with like my body or these topics but it's crazy how much it can change based on my company, which is yeah. shitty because it's like I can still be be grounded in like what I believe. But I'm so comfortable around like my close friends that I have now, like my roommates versus other friends from like earlier in college or something that I'll hang out with. And it's just weird, like just openly commenting on each other's bodies and like openly talking about like who's eating what, who's doing what at the gym, and I'm like, I just, and I like, don't... bad diets and shit like yeah, that. It's, yeah, and then, and then it makes me feel like shit, like, that I'm not having a good time just because I have to listen to it. So yeah. your company is also really important, and family shit, which we're going to get into, but yeah. Yeah, no, totally, and I feel like, <clears throat> at least for me, that was a huge part. That was integrating my conversations, like, back into, like, mass conversation, I guess. It was, like, at the very end of my recovery journey because up until the very end, yeah, like, anytime somebody said anything a little triggering, like, obviously I was super emotional about it, mm-hmm. so I would go off, right? It felt mm-hmm. like I wasn't being fair to myself unless I spoke my truth about everything I felt, and not that people shouldn't be inclined to speak their truth, but yeah, I feel like that was at the very end where I was back to sort of, like, you know, being a little bit more centered and, like, having gone through, like, having having had enough time so that then when somebody brought up something that I maybe disagreed with, I could, you know, then gauge, like, okay do I want to say something? And if I do, how am I going to say it? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you know what I sort of mean? But yeah, like right off, the, like right off the bat, like I would come home and my mom would say like, mm, are you really sure you want to eat that? Or she mm. would be like, 
you know, she would, you know, talk about, like, calories in a meal or something, yeah. and I would just go off. Yeah. It was so hard for her to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. If you, have you ever, because I feel like I'm comfortable right now where if someone says something, like, to me, or if I'm talking to one other person, I'm comfortable speaking up, mm-hmm. but I've also been in situations where it's a group and it's people talking and I'm not one of them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is that something where you still are like, I'm going to interject in that and be like, excuse me, or what do you do in that situation? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like I have a similar friend group to you guys where like people don't tend to say super triggering things, but I think what I have learned is like, um, if, it's probably not in the moment. I might like say something to somebody after and be like, hey, I, I don't think you meant it this way, but I just want to let you know, like, this is kind of how I perceived this and like Mm -hmm. you know this is something you could maybe like think about in the future um but I have had people like say to me before um oh my gosh you look great have you lost weight Mm, and yeah and I had like I knew that was gonna happen because that happens to so many women right Mm -hmm. and and, like and so I practiced that in my head and I did like perform my answer the way I practiced it in the shower where I (laughs) just sort of say like um, oh, actually, you know what, I don't, I don't weigh myself, and I kind of don't, like, keep track of my weight, I don't really, like, look to, like, losing weight as, as, like, a good thing, and I know you, I know you were just trying to be nice, but, like, I actually don't really talk about my weight, so. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the best way to put it, and plus, because the, like, overall dialogue has become a little more, at least aware of, like, how you should talk around people, around food and body, like, to some extent, like, the general population is starting to, like, understand that. Mm-hmm. So I think you can at least now, like, say that and people aren't going to be rubbed the wrong way. Like Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, I feel like definitely 10 years ago they would have been like, okay, fucking weirdo. They would like, be like, right, they, right. they have a stick up their ass. But yeah. now I think right. people know, and sometimes they just need a reminder to be like, oh, what I said was actually kind of fucking dumb. Yeah. Like, they'll realize that. Well, and sometimes those comments, like, aren't even, like, a malicious thing. No. Right. It's just, like, people, that's, like, their autopilot. That's yeah. how they make comments yep, yeah, around yeah. people's appearances. Yeah. And <clears throat> I even find myself doing it sometimes when I spend too much time at home. But, yeah, sometimes it's just people on autopilot, and then when you, like, kind of gently do that, like, either be funny about it or, like, give a nice reminder, it, like, will start to break that cycle in other people. Yeah. I did have a moment um, with a family member, um, and this was, like, last year, and this, I think, is the only time, like, when I talk to my friends about it, like, I do get heated, but it's heated more in a passionate way, I don't think I've ever, like, gone off on a friend, but I did have a relative over the holidays who I also think struggles, um, with some of the issues we're talking about, but, you know, like, her generation, like, I mean, we we talked a little about, a bit about moms today, like, I don't Mm. think it's something her generation really thinks much about, um, and, um, she, like, I had made a comment, like, I had had a couple of cookies, and I was like, oh, my gosh, these cookies are so good. And um, she said to me, um, what, is that your fourth cookie? <gasps> and in the, and it was, like, ten seconds went by, like, a minute and a half. And I thought about, like, you know, I went through all the emotions. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can't believe you think this is okay. That's crazy that you think it's okay. Like, what do I say? Da, da, da. And in a moment of anger, I kind of snapped back. And I said, why are you counting? And I said it, like, you know, I was like, I was like why are you counting? And, like, she, she just the look on her face. She was mortified. And I did kind of walk away from that such a situation that was like, shit, you know, she didn't know. She didn't know what she yeah, was Yeah, but that isn't necessarily, like, a mean answer. No. Like, it is just true. like a, so why are you asking? It's just yeah, like, a, I love, whether it comes to anything that you disagree with, I love, like, asking someone a question and making them yeah. realize it was stupid. Yeah. Which I feel like is kind of what you did, because she said, is that your fourth cookie? And you literally said, are you counting? And then, like, what do they get? Yes, I am. Well, it's like, well, that's she was so stupid. Yeah, exactly. Then they yeah. realize it's dumb. That's yeah. a good point. Like, I think that was that was what made her embarrassed. She was like, oh, I am counting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys find... I've, I've thought about this a lot, like, in the past couple of years. Um, do you find that, like... Obviously, like, it's not an apples-to-apples comparison, but you think about, like, other things that are going on in the world right now that, like, um, that, like, have really passionate responses, right? Like, if somebody said something that was, like, that we uh, disagreed with really strongly, like, politically, we, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say here is do you find that, like, it's a harder battle when you're trying to help somebody understand disordered eating and body positivity stuff because... Like, unlike something like politics, it's, like, no matter what side you're on, you still kind of know what the other side fights for. But I feel like people who have no perception of body positivity, no perception of disordered eating, have never thought twice about, um, you know, food and weight loss besides 
obesity is bad and we should all diet, like, those people haven't heard, like, the arguments that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes it's a harder conversation to have because even using the phrase body positivity, like, zero perception or only the perception that that, that means, like, obesity promotion. You know, right. I feel like it's mm-hmm. harder to, like, that's, that's something I've been struggling with lately is, like, how do I help people who have zero idea what I'm talking about, like, meet me somewhere in the middle, you yeah. know? It's hard because I feel like most often I run into that mindset with like people like my parents age and at my Mindset maybe this is just because of like I don't know, but my mindset is like they're old already like I'm not gonna change their view mm. on this I'm just gonna mm. make the comments I need to make to like have them not make certain comments around me Okay, yeah, and yeah. then like from there. It's like you're on your fucking own. I can't explain to you more than everybody else has explained that, like, doing the Advocare diet is, like, really disordered and not healthy at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, like, there's so much information out there. You're already, like, you're just going to keep doing that because that's how you were brought up in, like, boomer culture, Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So it's, like, uh, I'm just going to, like, make sure you know that I think it's annoying when you make comments about my food, and from there, it's, like, <laughs> that's I can, that's as yeah. much as I can do. <laughs> That's really interesting. It is shitty, though. I mean, I I feel for them because I feel like in a lot of ways our generation is more just kind of, like, open and tolerant. I mean, part of that is just who we surround ourselves with. But even with social media, there's much more information out there. Well, and I think everybody's just more willing to be vulnerable. Yes, I agree. In a lot of ways. But I, I feel for their generation because, like, our parents were alive when, like, workout DVDs began yeah. and yeah, like yep. weird fitness trends. I mean like jazzercise, jazzercise, yeah. Yeah. like Zumba, yeah. magazines really blowing Weight up Watchers, and yeah. they, I mean, they've gone through so many, it's even like my favorite example is that like people our mom's age think it's a bad thing to have a fat ass. And all yeah. of us are like, I would kill to have an absolute wagon back there. Like, <laughs> you have no idea. And they grew up thinking that having a big ass just means that, like, you're fat. And, like, going through the 90s when Kate Moss was idolized and, like, oh she's God. emaciated. Yeah. They've, they've seen the come up of, like, Weight Watchers. My mom was on, like, Slim Fast when yeah. I was, like, a little kid. So, yeah. I don't know. They've gr- grown up with a lot of shit. And that's, know. like, what we're, like, you're 100% right, right? Like, that is what the body positivity movement and all this awareness about eating disorders, like, it's all the aftermath of that. Yeah. All of that was was an outcome of America, like, addressing the obesity quote-unquote problem. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that would get some people in your comments that I just said that, but, like, let's leave it at that. We can touch on it later I if we love, need to. Love. Um, I can ma- yeah. easily turn that into a political argument. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am a firm believer. You cannot talk about obesity em- epidemic in America without talking about poverty, poverty. and the um, wealth gap in America. Oh my they God. go hand in hand. And Sorry. This is, and this topic is what got me cyberbullied off my body, posit- body positivity TikTok account, so we can what? talk about that, too. Wait, oh, I want to hear what? you. Yeah, I, thought, yeah. I thought your TikTok was still going strong. You can finish no. your point. Yeah, so, yeah, no, so, okay, so, so, what I'm trying to, okay, so thought was, um, everything you mentioned that our moms go through and everything that's been happening for the past, like, decades, that was all our country's efforts to fight back against the rise in obesity, right? And, and I think that that's something that people who especially don't have a lot of awareness on this topic miss is that, like, you know, the effort is not to make people less healthy with body positivity or even body neutrality. We are, like working to reset the efforts against like like diet culture like this was Mm -hmm. what am i trying to say here when the rise in obesity was starting to like come to fruition and everybody realized like oh like this is a bad thing we need to do something about this um diet culture fat diets and like jazzercise all these workouts like that was the response Mm -hmm. and now we're trying to correct that right because what we should have done at that point was um taught people like public health right like talk about real nutrition like um you know, um, intuitive eating, yep. like true, like balance. Um, and so I think people don't realize that, you know, yeah. we're trying to correct something. It's, it's good that we were trying, we, we tried to talk about health at all, but we did it in the wrong way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Okay. Okay. Also just like one more political tangent. I love how anytime there's a problem in America, like the government and just like political discourse just immediately turns it on to, well, it's personal responsibility issue. Yeah. That's why it turned into like, oh, here's the diets and weight loss DVDs because like it's your problem that you're overweight. It's not an underlying societal issue. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you about how I was cyberbullied off my TikTok. Yes. Okay, wait. Like, yeah. Do you want to talk about like your journey and then up until those accounts and then get yes. into it? Yes, totally. Yeah, do that. Okay. So, 
I was an aggressive binge eater for 22 years of my life. It's the start <laughs> of that story. Um, very undiagnosed. Like, for, literally from the time I can remember, like, the beginning of puberty, really. Like, from the time I can remember having a relationship with food, my relationship with food was negative and really toxic. So, um, I mean, like, like... It, like, the first half of college, I was binge eating for every single meal. Like, I did not understand what it was to not be painfully full, and my entire life revolved almost exclusively around, like, trying to seek comfort and validation in food. Mm-hmm. When I turned 21, I, um, I had sort of, like, an eating disorder onset depression. That's probably not the correct way to say that, but that's the best way I know how to, like, verbalize mm-hmm. it. Um, and so I started doing Weight Watchers. And then my binge eating disorder took on, like, more restrictive sort of, like, um, anorexic personality, um, or characteristics, I suppose. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I did Weight Watchers. I, I lost, um, I lost weight. I, I try not to say how much weight I lost anymore because I feel like even that is triggering. Yeah, But I was, I was quote-unquote seeing success, so I, you know, it just, like, plunged me into, into the other side of my eating disorder even more so. And then, um... Eventually, my capacity to restrict and calorie count ran out, and mm-hmm. I and I um, as everyone's done. as everyone's yeah, it does, does. It's not a sustainable lifestyle. It's same, not a, same, same. And um and then I started aggressive yo-yo dieting. Um and mm. then basically like in this um oh gosh I don't remember it was like almost a year after graduating from college. Um I like was just the most depressed I'd ever been. Like I remember like sitting. Um, on the floor of my shitty uptown apartment and just sobbing uncontrollably to my mom on the phone and being like, I don't know how to leave my apartment. I don't know how to be happy. I don't know. Like, uh, what if, like, what if it doesn't get better than this? Mm-hmm. And that was the moment that I realized, like, maybe this is something clinical. Maybe this is something bigger than me just not being able to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, um, diagnosed and treated at the Emily program. And mm-hmm. yeah, we love the great. Emily program. It here. was great. It was yes. great. Um, and then... Uh, I would say, like, about six months after that, um, after starting recovery, I started, like, because I had had, when I was doing Weight Watchers, I had a Weight Watchers Instagram, and I was preaching no. all of the opposite stuff. Yes, and as, that is, as, uh, as you do, so many people. yes, and, and that is, like, part of why I talk about this stuff online is because I feel like I have to rectify what I did before, you yeah. know? And so, I, so that's when I started the Instagram, and the Instagram was always small and just, like, you know, um, almost rectifying what I had said to that community previously, and then this um, summer, I started a body positivity and self-love TikTok account. Um, and then, yeah, so what happened with the cyberbullying at that point? Um, so, as we all know, um, sometimes you can get on the wrong side of TikTok. Yep. <laughs> and I was at the point where, like, I was actually, like, it was actually, like, working. Like, I was, like, quote-unquote working, right? Like, I was trying to get my message out there, and I was starting to get followers, and I was, like, posting every day. I was unemployed, so I had nothing else to do with post on TikTok. And um, I posted a TikTok about about food scarcity and about food deserts and about basically how we, like, cannot put all of the blame um, on people who, like, have less means and have less expendable cash. We can't put all the blame on them for um, something like being overweight Mm -hmm. and it got on the wrong side of tiktok um i think i was at like a hundred thousand views when i started to like dig into the comments and like it started out as people just disagreeing which i could handle you know it was a lot of people saying like um you know just disagreeing it's it's your personal decision if you're overweight it's 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 a matter of willpower and Mm. you know i had a lot of like a lot of um High school aged um white men and then and then a lot of like middle aged white men like like sort of um personal trainer types basically yeah basically (laughs) basically saying like well I was able so what happened was these people started to like send me like cheap grocery lists saying like it doesn't matter how much money you have here's a way to eat cheap and healthy right and of course these lists were like exclusively like non perishables yes like, like yeah no I'd like to see you eat nothing but like canned beans and yes. rice and like canned chicken for a month and tell me that that's sustainable you right know? um so anyway at that point I was like no you know what I can handle this I was like writing out responses I was working with some of my friends who have experienced eating disorders and we were gonna have all of these responses you know um and then a group of high school boys um started duetting my tiktoks um and then and then this same group um basically crawled through my entire profile and just started to like bash my appearance <gasps> yeah so yeah and at the time like at the time 
I couldn't handle it. And I, I'm still embarrassed when I look back on this because I told myself when I started the TikTok that, like, I could handle backlash, but in that moment, I couldn't. Like, it was like my entire page was lit. You know what I mean? There was, like, no redemption. I was a small creator. There was no... I felt like there was no getting off of, like, this side of TikTok, so I deleted it, and I still don't really know. Like, I'm kind of posting again, but I'm terrified of that happening again, and I yeah, sort of don't yeah. know where to go from here. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. That's hard. <laughs> it's such a hard place sometimes. There's not really, like, a combat to that sometimes. Yeah. It's just, like, if trolls get bait they're just gonna go off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's why some people can, like, turn off the duet feature and, like, whatever. I don't know, but I understand how it can, like, spiral so fucking fast. But that's crazy that that one, your comment on food, that's not even that controversial. No. And they went to the, like, levels of just, like, essentially stalking. Like, that's really weird. Like, you've got some issues. You've got some deep-seated issues if that's gonna make you that angry. Right. And it's crazy because, like, and I feel like I need to say this, like, I feel like ever since that happened to me, I have to say this when I get on and, like, talk about this. One, I'm not a professional. I am not Mm -hmm. licensed in this. I am somebody who has recovered from an eating disorder, and I stay up to date in the industry. I do not claim to be a professional. Like, people very upset at me in the comments about that. And two, um, I get, I get why people who have no experience in the stuff we're talking about, hear this shit and immediately panic. Because I used to be that person. Because it's challenging the status quo. Yeah, and people who have never, it's people who have lived their entire life with high metabolisms, thin privilege, anybody who's never been challenged to experience the other point of view, who has only ever been deemed healthy by society, like, why would they believe this stuff, right? All they've ever been taught is if you're overweight, that's your fault and you are not healthy. And so, I mean, if there's anybody listening who who, you know, even though they don't know a lot about this topic, decided to, like, stick around and give it a try, like, I just really encourage you, like, look, look for resources from the other side, like, figure out, like, instead of saying fuck body positivity and, like, like, you know, weight loss is the ultimate, like, you know, um, weight loss is the ultimate tool for health, like, look into this stuff, like, read nutritionists articles, like, look into what dietitians say, look into, like, disordered eating and intuitive eating, like, like, the, the, I, I get why from the other side you could be, like, I'm so scared by this idea that we're quote-unquote promoting, like, promo- promoting obesity or quote-unquote promoting, like, um, you know, like, being in a bigger body, but it's, it's so much bigger than that. It's, it, 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 this is also a fight for health. This is also a fight for health. It yeah. is. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that you brought up, like, looking into what nutritionists say or, like, dietitians because there's so many, like, licensed people out there that have really awesome Instagrams and are professionals on this stuff. And I feel like a lot of people, I mean, I went through a phase like this, whatever, where you just go on a tangent of following, like, gym people. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they, I know that to you, they look really good, and they're sharing recipes, and they're sharing workouts. It's like, they're not professionals. Mm -hmm. They might be professionals in their own gym, and in their own kitchen, but it's like, that's not who you should be listening to. Mm -hmm. That's not, those are not health professionals. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to look like them, you don't need to eat like them. And you, no offense, or no, uh, offense, you're not gonna look like them. Sorry, like, it's just not possible. And that's like a hard pill to swallow, but it's just like, oh, reality that everyone has to come to that like and I know it's it's said all the time but you really 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 need to internalize that that you will never look like someone else on Instagram and that's okay and that's fine and that's Mm -hmm. the point of the body positivity yeah right it's like that you like it's just everyone deserves to feel comfortable in their body and like you shouldn't have to live your entire life being obsessed with looking like somebody that is not a realistic body standard or just looking different than yourself I think one of the biggest things that I one of the biggest things I I kept telling myself when I was like really in the thick of it and like kind of getting out of it is like no matter what I do unless I'm like doing some extreme shit like I'm gonna be at this size give or take like 20 25 pounds for my entire life so why the fuck am I fighting it why the fuck am I fighting it yeah like that's something that I had to like say to myself a lot of times be like that's so like what the fuck am I doing I'm wasting my fucking time yeah And so, like, understanding, like, that's the body that you have. Like, tough love, either you get used to it, or you're gonna kill yourself. Yeah. Like, trying to get a different body that you'll never get. It's the truth. I mean, for, for almost anything, whether it's, like, your body type, whether or not you have skin issues, whether or not you have nice hair, it's, like, genetics are gonna fucking trump everything. Yeah. Like, no matter who your fitness goal person is, their day one body, their before picture bullshit probably looked way different than yours to begin with. Like, it's just not attainable. Also, something that kind of, I don't know if it helped me, but it was just kind of a revelation that I had is I felt like when I was, like, actively hating my body and had an eating disorder, I went out every day 
like I had to prove to other people that I was skinny or I had to prove to them I looked a certain way like putting on an outfit to make sure that like I look like this or like not sitting a certain way in my swimsuit to make sure I look like this it's like everyone knows what you fucking look like that's what I had to tell myself it's like all of your friends have seen your body clothed unclothed swimsuit whatever Mm -hmm. everyone knows what you look like and every every angle every not every single day isn't a fight to prove to them that you look a certain way right because you look like this and these people love you and everything's fine yeah 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 oh my gosh all right snaps for that snaps for that yes yes I feel like and I feel like are you guys comfortable sharing? Because I, even though I'm the guest, like, I feel like I just, like, went through my whole story. Like, if you guys are comfortable sharing your stories, I'd love to hear them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have a comment, though, on yours is that, like, that's, like, the line from Euphoria when Kat's, like, uh, oh, fuck, what does she say? It's, like, there's nothing more powerful than a, a fat, fat girl, girl who does, loves herself or something. Doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, but yeah. But then before that, she said something, oh, fuck, 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 uh... <laughs> I, this this is not what it is, but in my head is saying like everyone wants to fuck a fat girl, and I'm still like, oh, <laughs> yes! but, like that's not what it is. Also, also, it, it, her fucking line was, "I've been afraid my whole life that people were gonna find out that I was fat." Yeah, that was that was a line during Euphoria that I was I was like, oh my fucking god, I've never fucking related to that. Like maybe you don't like definitely like maybe everyone listening doesn't identify with the word fat, but like I like was like oh, I literally have spent so much time trying to convince other people that I don't look like what, what I look like. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. And it's like, what the, like, wh- why? For yeah. what? Yeah. What? For what? Like, goddamn, like, I never thought that I could just, like, inj- like think about other things than food. Right. And, like, if you, oh, so I'm about to, this is, this is a, a road to nowhere. I want to hear your stories. <laughs> I, do you want me to start? Yeah, you can go ahead. <sighs> okay. Um, <laughs> I haven't really, I mean, I feel like, it's been, I've been nowhere as public as you, which I think is freaking awesome because I feel like I could help on a broader scale and I'm just not there yet. But for, Which is totally fine. Right, yeah. which is totally fine. But for a long time, it's been kind of personal. I mean, I think for like when I first started getting treatment when I was in high school, which I'll back up and, and get to that. The only people that knew were like my boyfriend and my mom. And then I think I told one friend. I didn't tell my other friends until I was in college. I like gave a presentation about myself in college my sophomore year and like confessed it and was like sweating bullets in front of the fucking room because it was a leadership course where like everyone bears their soul yeah and that was the first time I'd ever said it to a group and another girl had a similar experience who went before me so it was kind of like a cute like empowering moment where we like both shared these stories but anyways, it's it. I've never been really public about it, and even though I share stuff on Instagram all the time, I've I've never said like it's because that was me. It's yeah, just yeah. me sharing content, but I've never let anyone know that like I'm talking about me being in those shoes. But anyways, like we touched on before, I definitely grew up in a not body positive family, and still, I mean, it's older generations; they don't change, so it's still kind of that way. Um, but. My mom has, like, been dieting ever since I could remember, like, being on SlimFast when I was a kid and whatever. And what's really interesting is, like, my mom and my grandma are probably the two closest women in my life. And the weird thing about them, like, always dieting and always talking about their own bodies and my body and other people's bodies is that they aren't skinny. And I think some people... They have, like, the skinny mom, which, like, Taylor can maybe get into later. Like, some people really get the shaft because their mom is skinny, right? And so they're like, you should look like this. Or, like, yeah. like it's that is more about maintaining the image of perfection. Yeah. But I feel like having a mom and a grandma that have, like, struggled with their weight or been what they consider to be overweight mm-hmm. is, like, self-hatred. Like, it's yeah. it's yeah. it was teaching me that it's okay to hate the way that you look and talk yeah. down on yourself and constantly want to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really tough and just, I mean, my family has always commented on everyone's weight to their face if it's good, when they leave the room if it's bad, you know. Mm. I mean, people are still doing that in my family over the holidays that I just had. But, so I can remember kind of having, like, um, eating disorder-ish thoughts when I was really young. Probably around when I was 12, Mm. people would make comments about my weight, which just bullshit throwaway comments. Like, it would be one day somebody in my class would, like, make fun of my stomach and say that I had, like, a chubby stomach, which I was a very thin kid, so it was just kind of a stupid comment. And then the next day, I would go to, like, cheerleading practice, and I would get made fun of for having, like, 
chicken legs. So it's like, some people are making comments like I was chubby. Some people are saying I was too skinny. It's almost like it's subjective. It's yes. almost like beauty is subjective. Exactly. Can you imagine? And you can't fucking please anyone. And it's, yeah, it's stupid. So that was kind of happening. And then for whatever fucking reason, once I was in high school and I was 15 is when I started seriously, like, restricting when I was eating and just really wanted to be small like I just wanted to be the smallest one the skinniest one and I pretty much was especially for being a girl who's not naturally skinny like this is a comfortable body type for me just like eating intuitively and whatever and the only people that were smaller than me were probably like the genetically skinny girls that are like 5'10 and like Mm -hmm. I'm short I'm not naturally skinny so I just kind of made myself that small and For a good couple years, like freshman through junior year of high school, I was really good at restricting, which is bad. (laughs) Really good. But I had, I was making myself restrict, like doing weird fucking diets that I would find on like anorexia Tumblr, which is a dark place. If you've never been there, there, there are, there was, I think now Tumblr's caught on and got rid of that shit, but there were pro-anorexia and pro-bulimia whatever tumblers which were really disgusting um but I spent a lot of time on them and would get weird diets where they tell you how many calories to eat each day and like these are pro-anorexia diets this isn't weight loss this is like pro-anorexia so the calories per day would be like anywhere from 150 to 500 yeah per day so like it was disgusting and I, I made like a little tracker when I was trying to follow that diet And, like, hid it behind, like, a piece of art in my room. Like, everything was so secretive to me. Everything was such a secret. And I was always doing weird shit that nobody knew about. I would, like, never eat meals with my friends because I just, I wanted to eat alone and have everything be a secret. I would go through weird phases where I only let myself have a protein bar during the day. And then I would just eat dinner with my family and that's all I allowed myself just coming up with weird fucking rules yeah, that was a big yeah. part of my experience is like secrecy and like yeah. weird rules because yeah. a big part of eating disorders is also like control like having complete power over something in your life mm-hmm. some people use it as like a coping mechanism for other things in that way so that was fucked up and then by the time I was a junior like you me- I don't know how you worded it but it was really it wasn't like I lost the ability to restrict. It was like it ran out. Like, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, like, because, yes. I think that's what I said. Yeah, it's, it's just like you... You, you hit a wall. You hit a wall. You hit a wall. Because yeah. I'm not saying I failed by not being able to restrict, but, like, eventually you, you run out of fucking gas, and you're like, let's I'm say, tired of let's it. Let's say it's like your, like, instincts kicked back in. Yes, Yeah, yeah like, yes. your instincts took over. They were like, hey, bitch, it's time to fucking eat some food. Yes, like, my <laughs> body was fighting me. And yeah. as a lot of people know who, who crash diet or have restricted restricted their food you flip in the other direction completely right so you start binging and whatever sometimes that can lead to purging which I did I'm not saying anyone else has to uh, disclose that but that was something that I did as well so by the time I was a junior it just felt really out of control because I couldn't restrict anymore and I was binging and I I wasn't able to like control my exercise as much anymore. I was still really, really actively trying to be skinny, yeah. but I didn't have the control that I used to. So it felt like an even worse fight. And one day I got home from the gym and like told my mom that I had ran four and a half miles or some shit, which is really fucking far for me. Okay. Like I'm not a runner. My knees is jacked up. I'm curvy as hell. So that was me like really gassed and like actively trying to lose weight. So I was just trying to run multiple miles And I told my mom that, and I remember telling her, like, yeah, it sucks, though, because I'm just not losing weight. And it got into this long conversation until I was, like, in tears. Mm. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I cannot do this anymore. I'm I'm fighting myself. I'm so tired of it. And then I think the next day is when we decided that I was going to get help when I went to the EMILY program. Yeah, I Emily program is fucking awesome. I program. Um, I wasn't there for a super long time. I just did outpatient therapy where I Same. met with like a dietitian and then like a therapist once Same. a week. Yep. Um, and I think they wanted me to stay for like six to eight months, and I ended up leaving early because I felt like I was in a better place. Like even by the time I started treatment, I like removed my scale. Like I really wanted to change. That took that. That is where our journeys may be like like separate a little bit like yeah. so much of what you said I feel like was spot on with me but that was 
at the very end for me. I did not give up my scale until the very end. Yeah, well, and a lot of people do start treatment when they don't want to fucking be there, and that's what makes it so hard. Yeah. And it's hard to admit when you want help, but I was kind of to that point, not cured by anyways. My therapist, the one challenge she wanted me to do was eat a shamrock shake, and I was like... I can't do that. Thank you for your time. That was, like, that was, like, her one little challenge. She was, like, fun challenge. I know you really want a shamrock shake, but you're afraid of them. And I was, like, yes. And she was, like, okay, so this weekend, you're going to go get a shamrock shake. And I was, like, yes. The next week, she'd be, like, did you eat a shamrock shake? I was, like, fuck no. I'm not doing that. <laughs> so I still graduated having some issues. I just felt like I didn't need to be there anymore. So, I don't know. Just, you know, I just have to say, like, that was also something in my first makeup therapy was to eat a fear food. <laughs> my therapist told me to eat pizza, and I actually, I did, I did do it, but, like, but I cried while I ate the pizza, because I was like, oh my god, pizza! And I, um, and then when I went in that next week, I was like, yeah, I ate the whole, fu- I ate the whole fucking pizza. And she was like, yeah, but that's gonna get better in time, you know? And, like, yeah. and I feel like... I still hadn't, I don't know why I felt like, I just wanted to offer up that that was also one of my first, like, assignments on the yeah. program was, like, eating fear foods. Yep. Um, that's it, that's the end. And one thing I want, I wanted to, like, quickly, like, asterisk, um, for, for, you know, like, I feel like we all know this, but, but it might be worth explaining, um, when Justine mentioned, like, and then I started eating everything in sight and I had quote-unquote no control, like, it's important to note that this is because your body is starving. Like, it's not truly, mm-hmm. right? Like, we know this, but it's it's not truly that you lose some willpower or you're weaker. It's that when you are restricting and you're starving yourself, like, mm-hmm. and then you start eating again, your body is going to hold, and, and you gain weight faster. That's because your body is holding on to more calories because it thinks you're dying. Well, and it, it thinks you're going to starve it again. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> yeah. put your body and your brain into scarcity mode. And exactly. so then every time that you get access to food, it or not every time, it. but most of the time, your brain is going to be like, oh my god, I don't know what I'm going to get this next because I've been starved so many times. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fucked up. Your GI tract gets fucked up. I think oh. that's still why I have hashtag poo-poo problems. <laughs> that's Everything something that people up. don't want to talk about. Like, I feel like there's a big, I don't want to say trend, but like a very, a lot of people talking about like having IBS or stomach issues. And I'm like, say more on that because yeah, you're probably anxious no. or you had an eating disorder. I was like, <laughs> so many times. so many people have so many fucking stomach issues. I'm like, have you been yo-yo dieting? Mm-hmm. And it's not their fucking fault. But right. Like, yeah. We've been fed to do yo-yo diets our whole fucking lives, and right. it's like, well, now ever- nobody can poop now. Nobody can fucking poop. So great. <laughs> Everybody's shitting their pants and nobody's pooping. So yeah, um, I think my story differs in the way that I never got like specific treatment for an eating disorder, but. I have definitely um, been through the ringer with that type of thing. So, like Justine said, I grew up in a not very body posy family. But I, like she said, I have um, skinny mom syndrome. So, mm. like, my mom's, like, very conventionally attractive. And, like, I think it's, I think I just have to, like, back it up by saying, like, my parents uh, have a decent amount of money. And so, like, they're in a circle with people that have money. And so appearance is, like, very important. Mm. And always has been most of my childhood. I mean, like, my parents came into money probably around when I was in, like, uh, third or fourth grade is when they started, like, being in that kind of circle. Mm. And so I've, like, pretty much since that point, like, been engrossed in that just kind of image-focused conversation all the time. Um, So, like, yeah, I think my uh, body image to start with just not good. It just had no concept of, like how you're supposed to feel, I guess, and, like, uh, how you're supposed to eat, because, like, I can't ever remember a time that I was, like, comfortably, like, eating, like, intuitively, or ever remember a time that I was comfortably, like, comfortable with my body. I've only known, I can only remember it from, like, my earliest days of, like, being in, like, middle school and childhood of, like, as always thinking that I was fat, Mm -hmm. which is, like, crazy, because obviously you go back now and you're, like, I was in fucking fifth grade. Like, mm-hmm. I weighed 90 pounds. Like, <laughs> like what? And, um, yeah, I, I struggled with that all throughout middle school and high school, but I don't think, no shade to my high school friends at all. I love them, and I think a lot of people have come around to it now, but, like, I didn't have a circle that was super body posy either. Yeah. No but, like, one probably did No one did. No, everybody yeah. had their own eating and weight loss and whatever journeys. Um, so it just wasn't talked about. I can remember starting to count calories probably as early as, like, 7th or 8th grade, Mm -hmm. like, downloading things. Like, well, I got a smartphone in freshman year of high school, so I probably didn't have, like, MyFitnessPal and stuff. Fuck MyFitnessPal. All my homies hate MyFitnessPal. (laughs) (laughs) Who 
whoever needs to hear this, delete it. Delete you will never need it. You will never need it. Delete it. <laughs> Fuck that shit. But I remember using that in high school. Yeah. I remember I never really had a point where I was super restrictive, um, like in long bouts of restriction. So most of mine was like restriction and then binging. Yeah. Um, I. Yeah, and just, like, a poor relationship with food in general, and just, like, a poor concept of, like, what it meant to be healthy and use your body, and I look back, and it's kind of sad looking back and being like, I was so strong because I was a swimmer, and I was in lacrosse, and I was good at my sports, and I was, like, so powerful and muscular, and then I just, like, hated my body. Mm -hmm. That just makes me so sad to think back on that. And then, I think in college, it was just, like, still an underlying issue but I think I was being more open about it with other people and like I think when we got into college was when more people started talking about it online so it's just more mm-hmm. comfortable and more just like you come into the realization like oh that was fucked up like that's not a proper relationship with food or yeah. my body or whatever mm-hmm. like I think I could recognize in high school that I had a poor relationship with how I looked mm-hmm. um but I never recognized that the relationship I had with food was bad yeah because that's how everybody acted about it Taylor, I feel like, you know, you're, you're, the reason that your story is so important, I mean, all of our stories are so important, but the reason why I'm really, like, glad that you're, like, describing this is because I think that your story is one that, like, helps spread awareness that this is truly, like, not a unique or niche issue, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And this like, is, like, the majority yeah. of people yeah. being, like, this, you're describing my life, but I never knew to call it an eating disorder, I never knew that I could yes. get help, yeah. I, I never knew that it was bad enough, like, that is how the majority of people that's think. That's what my thought was for a while, and I think once I realized that I had a really fucked up relationship with food, especially I think I noticed it freshman year going into sophomore year when you start buying groceries and cooking for yourself, I just mm-hmm. realized how many limitations I had for myself with which foods I ate. Um, and I also think I had, like, freshman year, I, like, lost a decent amount of weight. And I think it was because a combination of factors of me being on birth control and, like, being on a campus that's huge and walking around a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I really wasn't restricting at all. And it, honestly, I think was the first time in my life where I had, like, a kind of just break from thinking about food and always being so... Um, conscious of what I was eating because I think when I lived with my parents obviously my mom would make comments so like I was very conscientious about what I was eating and when I got to college and I was allowed to do whatever I want and eat whatever I want I think for a while freshman year I was in a good just like limbo period of being like oh my god I can just do whatever I want and it didn't necessarily turn into binging it was just like I finally just had a really like I didn't have to think about food Mm. for a little bit and I think that's what kind of made me come to the realization that like my relationship with food before was bad and then I think once I joined AOPI, our sorority, a lot of girls in our sorority were very vocal about their struggles with eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to realize even more, I'm like, okay, yeah, my relationship with food wasn't and still isn't that healthy. And my um, relationship with my body isn't that healthy. But I think around junior year, I started to get into weightlifting. Mm-hmm. And I was really into the um, side of Instagram, which is like fitness Instagram. And... So I was kind of back in that mindset of, like, I was back in counting calories, but I was telling myself, like, no, but I'm, like, just, this is different. Because, health and fitness. Because it's health and fitness, and I'm, like, yeah. tr- I'm, I'm eating to, like, uh, like, reach my peak, like, body's potential and, like, shit like that. And, like, not recognizing that, like, oh, well, you're in fucking college, so you're, like, you're going to get a slice of free pizza, and it's going to fuck up your macros Mm, and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. slowly starting to see myself re-put in food rules that I'd like kind of let go of and then like really get into just yeah that fitness side of uh social media that's just like count your calories high protein low fat low carb like constantly you you gotta be in the gym like four days a week at least to like hit your different types of muscle groups and blah 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 and I won't necessarily say that the weightlifting part of it is like wrong I think that a lot of women start weightlifting though because of the fitness side of Instagram Mm -hmm. and the fitness side of Instagram is a really toxic place for body and food image Mm -hmm. I think that weightlifting can be used as a really powerful thing for people recovering from eating disorders because it really just kind of shows you what your body can do and like if you want to focus on like the mechanics of your body as opposed to like the image it's helpful anyways um I like definitely got into that a lot uh junior and senior year of college and I think this all culminated and then 
around the time that I was like really going through it mental health wise, like after graduation. Um, and so I was already kind of like in a depression spiral. My anxiety was kind of out of control. And then I was like dealing with my food issues. And at that time, right after high or right after college, I moved into an apartment by myself. So it's so much easier to like get away with like counting my calories and weighing myself, weighing my food because I'm by myself and no one can say shit. Mm -hmm. And if I were to have been living with my friends, they would have said things. Them shits thrive in secret. That's the worst part. So I was back on that bullshit. And then, yeah. So when I was in a really bad depression spiral, I finally decided to get mental health help. Like when was that? Like early 2019. Yeah, because I went through that whole winter. Um, and that's the first time in my life I ever went to therapy. But I went more at first just for depression and anxiety. But then uh, we do a lot of, like, just talking about... She, my, my therapist also works with uh, clients who have eating disorders. Oh, nice. So we don't really, like, focus on it, but it is something that we touch on. And she always, like, kind of comes back and, like, checks in on with me. Because I do kind of think... I mean, she helped me work through a lot and just, like, working on different things about getting over feared foods and... Um, I don't know, uh, having a better relationship with, like, working out and seeing it more as just, like, moving my body and what feels good as opposed to, like, what numbers I should be hitting. Um, And then, yeah, I think from there it's just, like, been probably, or it's been, like, two years since I started therapy, and then I went on anxiety meds and all this stuff. Um, And I wouldn't say I'm, like, totally done with everything. Like, I definitely still have bad days. Um... But when I moved out of my apartment by myself, like, my my single apartment, was when I was really, like, kind of coming out of, like, all my mental health stuff. And I, like, threw away my scales, both of them, for for good. Like, in the past, like, I had had my scale out, and when I told myself, like, no, I'm going to get better, I'm going to get better about this, I would take my scale and just put it in the back of a closet Mm -hmm. and not actually throw it away. And then when I moved out, I, like, legitimately threw them in the dumpster, so I could not go and get them. And I knew that if I were to, like, move into this house and bring a food scale or a regular scale into this house, I would, like, I have people to hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. That's a long-winded way of just, yeah. That's, I feel like, a lot of people's journey. It's just, like, kind of realizing, I think, in college, if you're finding the right group of people, realizing a lot of the things that you did in the past were like kind of disordered and fucked up yeah (laughs) and I also like you said before I never thought I was bad enough like I never thought it was bad enough to call it an eating disorder and I thought it was just like overreacting but like I mean binging and then restricting for two days is is an eating disorder I thought because like I wasn't like anorexic or I wasn't making myself throw up that I didn't have an eating disorder but like orthorexia is a thing like fixating on food is a thing yeah um if you are, like, constantly thinking about food or worried about what your next meal is or thinking about calories or breakdowns, like, that's disordered. That's mm-hmm. You might not yeah. want to call it an eating disorder, but it is disordered behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it okay if I do a quick, like, can we quickly chat about, like, what orthorexia is? Because I feel like a yeah, lot of people yeah, yeah. don't know about this still. We might need to, like, glossary some terms. That's, I know. A, good, that's a good point. I know. Um, do you want to do a description of it? I don't want to say I'm not, here. like, great. I don't think I have, like, a good, um solid like scientific definition but I just feel like it's like just having a fixation around food is it not like no it, like, that's and, like, part of it yeah um from what I understand again not a professional but from what <laughs> I from what I understand like orthorexia is it's a very new eating disorder and it is absolutely an outcome of the health and fitness space mm-hmm. and it is the obsession with like quote unquote eating clean quote unquote eating healthy yes so people disguise people are disguising the eating disorder instead of like restricting it's like no 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 I'm just really healthy yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's so, just the obsession with like yes. healthy food and the obsession yes. with like, having the most perfect, like, yes. diet. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, 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 no. I just didn't want to steal your thunder. <laughs> uh, you're good. Okay. <laughs> that's probably good that we define that for some people. Okay. Yeah, that was definitely it. I feel like that's when I heard that term. And I definitely, um, one of the Instagrams that I started following, um, I think a lot of people follow her, Mick Zazon. I love that! Yeah, I love yeah, that! I love so her. fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of girls follow her, and, like, she is great, and, and she's one of those people that started as a fitness Instagram and, like, a, like a weightlifting Instagram and then was, oh, like... Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And then her Instagram trans... Like, she went home, got, um, got treatment, and, like, then her... That's when her Instagram, like, of body positivity was born. But it's on the same account. If you scroll all the way back, you can find her old weightlifting oh, posts. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's, it's really interesting, and she has a lot on her story. And I started following her right after, she, like, she started po- posting about body positivity and mm. had switched over. 
So she was really helpful and like she's the kind of the one that introduced the term to me of orthorexia. And I was like, okay, that makes sense because I'm like, I know that what I'm doing here is not correct and it's not healthy because I'm driving myself insane. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think it's an eating disorder because I'm not starving myself and I'm not making myself throw up. So mm-hmm. like, what is going on? Exactly. You hit mm-hmm. the nail on the head. It's like, if you're obsessing about food, like, doesn't matter if you're not eating. I mean, you shouldn't be, unless you have like a dietary problem, you shouldn't really be cutting out carbs or like yeah. sugar. But like, if you're cutting out carbs and sugar entirely or entire food groups and you're like, no, but I'm healthy because I eat a lot of fruit and vegetables, but like, are you thinking about food every day? Yeah. Like, are you if that's what you food? like to eat and it's something like exactly. that's the diet that your body tells you to eat. There are people like that that yes. don't think about food all the time, but just like tend to gravitate towards fr- fruits and vegetables. Yes. That's normal. It's it's if you're constantly thinking about it and yeah. like your, your, your brain is, it takes up too much room in your brain, essentially. Yes. Like the amount of times I would take, the amount of time I would take A at the gym, I think like, my senior year of college and, like, right after I got out of college, I was spending, like, two full hours at the gym. Like, wow. two to two and a half hours at the gym. That's, like, a ridiculous amount of time. And, like, you have better things to do. Mm-hmm. And then, like, also just with, like, making meals when I was in the thick of, like, counting calories. Like, it takes so fucking long to weigh out all your food before you make meals and if you're making bulk recipes to like do the calculations of calories and it's like for what yeah for literally what yeah (laughs) it's really it's really sad and this kind of I feel like we should like describe like intuitive eating because having an orthorexic tendencies it's like it's the opposite of intuitive eating right it's like not listening to your body at all and making rules for yourself and it's so it's really sad because I feel like all this, like, disorder eating and food control, it's just, it's, like, going against your body. It's mm-hmm. sad that we've made something that's just fuel and sustenance so calculated and, like, mm-hmm. means so much more than it does instead Absolutely. of just, like, my body wants food, I need to eat food, Right. period. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Thinking that your brain is smarter than your body is, yeah. like, never, yeah. ever correct, usually. And, <laughs> and I, was, yeah. I was thinking about this today, too, like... There's so many diets, I mean, any diet fits in this category, but, like, something like keto or something like all of a sudden going gluten-free or something, everyone is always trying to, like, outsmart food. Like, people think that they're going to find this magic diet and, like, crack the code and finally, like, pull one over on food. And it's, like, it's not a problem to be solved. No. Like, just listen to your body and eat food. And people act like it's such a puzzle that, like, we're going to figure out one day. And, and, like... And you bring up a great point, which leads to the question of, like, you know, people might listen to this, hear that point, and then say, well, what am I supposed to do about the fact that my body wants to eat all of these, like, really, um, like, I don't like to use the word unhealthy, but for the sake of the argument, let's say unhealthy. Palatable foods. Palatable foods that are cheap and easy to make and quick and taste delicious. And and to that I say, think about who's, whose fault that is. That's not your individual fault, the foods that were made for you to be, like, quote-unquote addicted to are addicting like this is the other huge thing i think with the body positivity movement and eating disorder awareness is like we have to start stop we have to move the blame off of individuals who have natural instincts of like natural you know hunger cues or whatever to like big food yeah right like they're, they're the culprit here like it's not your fault nothing's wrong with you because you want to eat the chocolate bar that triggers the same parts of your brain that like, like drugs does. do. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. And that's why you need intuitive eating. You need to listen to your body because without it, like you're going to be, you're going to be struggling with those foods more. You yeah. Know? I would also- hey everybody. This was a really awesome conversation with Katie and we uh, wanted to break it up into two parts because we had like over two hours of audio. So this is part one and you'll get part two next week. So, uh, See you then. Peace.